Good morning, Pharmacy Podcast listeners. This is The Daily Dose on Friday, October 5th. It's Pharmacy Friday, our favorite day here at the Pharmacy Podcast Network and RxVIP. Gives me a chance every Pharmacy Friday to think about why I went to school, why I decided to be a pharmacist. My father was a pharmacist, so of course that was inspiration for me. He had a retail store, and I always liked to kind of watch what he did. I was very young, but very impressionable, and I saw that he was Doc, and people came in from the neighborhood to come into his store because they wanted to talk to him. kind of made sense to me that if someone wants to talk to you, they like you, and if you want to be liked, you can. they keep coming back. So it was just kind of kind of the baseline for me for becoming a pharmacist and seeing how my dad impacted the people in the neighborhood, in the community of where the store was. We can't ever lose that connection with our community and with our patients. So my mother was a guidance counselor, a teacher at the Martin Van Buren High School in Queens and a guidance counselor. So, you know, in the part of her life and educating and raising children, she was always educating and guiding us down a path to make the right decisions. And I won't say that she was um, behind me in being a pharmacist, but uh, because she knew that my father, unfortunately, uh, had some issues where, uh, you know, he was held up and things that occurred. And it was a hard life to be a a retail pharmacist, a lot of hours. And my, my mother saw time when she was by herself because my dad was working so hard. So I'm not gonna say, I can't get into her head. She's you know, no longer with us, unfortunately. But I don't know whether she was, you know, so anxious for me to to do that. However, however, she always told me that as long as you have a license, you'll always be able to provide for your family. So she certainly respected the pharmacy profession and encouraged me to do something that would enhance my career and my ability to do something to help people. But I guess part of her, you know, was looking at the business of pharmacy and what that meant. So when I think about how being a pharmacist impacts your life, you know, you're balancing out your your home life, your children. If you're a pharmacist mom, how are you balancing that out? You know, and Susie Sullivan does a great job in getting a group of like-minded pharmacist moms together. And I think the 12th of this month is pharmacist mom, women of pharmacy. Um, a day. So it's something that I think every day is Women of Pharmacy Day. They they are the majority in our uh, profession, and they do a wonderful job in serving the patient and also balancing their career. There was an article I read um, that kind of disturbed me, and it was something in U.S. Pharmacist, and it was a reprint of an article that was published in March of 2015. Sometimes you look back and you say, well, gee, I kind of knew that. I remember that. But what did we do to act on it? The title of the article uh, is Pharmacogenetic Testing and Opioids. Now, it was written by uh, Tanil Collins, a PharmD candidate at that point at Mercer University, and Diane Nykamp, who was a PharmD and the professor of pharmacy practice at Mercer. And basically, you know, the abstract and the the, the vision that they had was they identified then that a majority of medications are metabolized by the liver's CYP450 system, and the metabolism of specific pain medications differs among individuals 
due to pharmacogenetic variation. Oh my God, three years ago, long time. So the genotyping displays the type of metabolizer a patient is in order to determine the drug appropriateness, the dosing, the dosage intervals, uh, the patient who to determine the results of this test will allow patients to be dosed appropriately and avoid experiencing dose-dependent side effects or lack of drug efficacy. And she states that pharmacists, they state that pharmacists can play a role in, improve, in providing this information, this life-saving information to patients on selecting opioids when, where generic testing can be useful. So when you think back three years ago on the fact that the toxicity of, of opioids and the problems and the abuse and the misuse has led to the loss of thousands and thousands and thousands of lives, the administration of a simple adverse drug, uh, ad, a PGX test, could avoid the adverse drug reactions that include sedation and dizziness and nausea and vomiting and constipation, physical dependence, tolerance and respiratory depressions. If we knew that this test was available and by performing it, that, they, that the patients can be dosed appropriately to avoid experiencing dose-dependent side effects or the lack of efficacy, so you have to keep giving more and more opioids, and we didn't use that, that's not practicing good pharmacy. That's not practicing good medicine in pain management. You know, in 2013, like around when they gathered this information, there were 127, 28 million prescriptions for opioids. Well, I saw 60 Minutes on Sunday night and it made me sick when, when they noted that Mallinckroft shipped 500,000 opioids to the state of Florida that only has 20 million people in it. That's like 25 oxycodones a day for every person who lives in Florida. How can we not recognize this terrific national crisis? So this article touches on how a pharmacogenetic test can help people who are prescribed codeine, fentanyl, oxycodone, tramadol, you know, hydrocodone. What, what, do, what are we missing here by not incorporating pharmacogenetic testing into opioid management? The conclusion of this article, and you, you must read it. If you can't get it in U.S. pharmacy today, uh, uh, U.S. pharmacists, get in touch with us. You need to read this article because the results, that it, the conclusion is that the results of a PGX test, in their, in their words, can provide patients with better pain control and increase quality of life while taking opioids. Opioids can be good if they're used correctly. The role of the pharmacist, they state, includes patient education and interpretation of the results. That's what RxVIP has inserted the pharmacist. Don't just take the test, interpret the test. The pharmacist is the most important person in the healthcare component for, for opioid abuse by incorporating pharmacogenetic testing. It's covered by Medicare. It's covered by Medicaid in 14 states. It's covered by a growing list of commercial insurances. Why are we missing this? Why are we missing the fact that a pharmacist can be a health care provider when they understand the patient genetic variation to the drug response and provide, provide assistance in that drug dose, dosing? 
Pharmacy Fridays get me passionate, so I apologize if I if I if I've raised the bar a little. But look at yourself and say, how can I get involved? Opioid abuse is terrible, and we can help as pharmacists. Be an advocate for pharmacogenetic testing. Get involved. Get in touch with us. Call 844-MY-RXVIP. Let us show you how you can make a difference in patient care. This is the Daily Dose on Friday, October 5th. And my name is Ken Snurfield.